0: Hello, and welcome to a new episode of From the Honeycomb, a podcast that creates a spark of positive energy. Here we discuss all things architecture and design, to travel, exploring Vastu Shastra with a modern approach, and I'll be connecting with other like-minded women to share their story. I am your host, Katerina Burinova, and welcome to From the Honeycomb. The Women in Architecture series kicks off today with my first guest, Joanne Liu. We talk about community in the architecture industry, the difficulty of finding women leaders to be our mentors, and Joanne shares how she has built her personal brand and is now coaching other architects to find theirs. Well, Joanne, welcome to From the Honeycomb. I am so excited to have you on because this month of October, we are sharing stories of female architects. And I'm so excited for you to start us off because I think you have a really interesting journey and story. And you've also started the Women Architects Collective, which I think is amazing. So Joanne, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: So on the podcast, we like to begin the episode by sharing something we are grateful for. So what is it in the present moment that you are grateful for?
1: I'm very grateful for just the community that I have around me, everyone, even some of them I've never met in person. (laughs) But I just have so many people that would message me or send me an email and just telling me that They are grateful for me and I am grateful for them for telling me that and I really appreciate all the support I've received over the years online, especially with the Woman Archives Collective. And like recently, I don't know if you saw, but I was laid off like two months ago and I've gotten so many people reaching out. Just encouraging me and supporting me and connecting with me with other people for opportunities. And that showed me like the power of what a community can do for you. And I am just very grateful for that.
0: Oh, I love that. And it kind of ties to what I wanted to share, is what I'm grateful for is Somehow one day I kind of went down the rabbit hole on Instagram and somehow found actually you and the Women's Architects Collective and a bunch of female architects. And all Mm -hmm. of a sudden I was in this world of just women who were going through their (laughs) architecture exams who Mm -hmm. were working in a, you know, we are in a male dominated industry. And I'm just so grateful that I've been able to find kind of this niche and start to connect with the woman and especially you Mm -hmm because you're right that community it's can be hard to find and once you find it especially when you have hard moments like you had mentioned you were let go or which we'll talk about later is the architecture exams too Mm. it's just so nice to have that community and I wish I had found it sooner for sure
1: yeah it's definitely something that I hear a lot from just talking to people in the community like is because we're in a male dominant industry, but also it's hard to find, let's say, leaders in your firm that are women because we are, they're a small group of us. And most firms out there are very small firms. They might just have like three, four people in the firm. And it's hard to find that connection. So having the Women Architects Collective, one of the reasons I started it is just giving people the options of having other women in architecture that they can talk to and feel connected with.
0: All right, so Joanne, can you walk us through kind of your journey in architecture? What made you pursue architecture? Where you went to school? And kind of just like the foundation of your architecture
1: career. Yeah, so I've been in architecture for like, I guess, 10 years now. <laughs> so I feel like I can talk forever for my journey, but I went to school in New Jersey Institute of Technology, so NJIT. I initially picked architecture because it's a very cliche answer. I just am a very creative person, but also I have a very logical brain. <laughs> so initially when I was picking a major I was I was choosing either going to art school for illustrations or I was gonna go to medical school to be a doctor um, and <laughs> my dad was like why do you look into architecture it seems like a good like mix of what you want to do like being creative but I'll just have that like logical side. And so I looked into it. I applied to architecture schools, got into NGIT. And it's just kind of how I started. And then after that, I went into a very, very small firm in New Jersey doing residential architecture for I would say probably a year and a half. And then I went into a slightly bigger size office also in New Jersey doing, I was their first person doing residential mixed use buildings, but they were specializing in higher education at that time. And then after Being there for about two years I went into Gensler which I guess is a huge part of my my career I stayed at Gensler for about six years in New York City I was there as kind of I was a project architect but also I was a designer and I was also managing buildings so I kind of Do everything. (laughs) I'm the kind of architect that I refuse to just focus on, like being technical or design or management. I kind of forced myself to do everything. And then after being there for six years, I just felt like I needed to make a change in my career because, like, I always wished I was the kind of architect that always wanted to be an architect since they were a kid but I wasn't I was just a very creative person and somehow find architecture and and went into architecture school so I made a career change into the tech industry now I'm doing marketing in architecture in the tech startup side and that's pretty much yeah where I'm today and you're licensed correct I am,
0: yes. You are. And how was the ARE exam
1: process for you? It was long. It took me exactly five years to finish my exams. I was like a few months to hit my rolling clock. I was like, yeah, I can really gotta finish this. But it was definitely really long and I have failed a few exams along the way, but You know, like everything else, it's just something you have to kind of keep going at it. It was hard for me because English is my second language. So I had a hard time understanding like, you know, how the questions are worded or when I'm studying, I have to really look up definition of things and write down like the Chinese word next to it to like really understand what I'm looking at. But other than that, I am happy that I got Mm licensed even though I don't use it now just because at that time when I got my license, I was a Mm -hmm. counselor and it really gave me a confident boost Mm -hmm. to be an architect, to be able to call myself an architect and after I got my license, I started leading my own projects. I started becoming like a project architect, but it just gave me, I don't know if this happens to anyone else, but like before I got my license, I was very, I didn't have the confidence that I know what I'm talking about in architecture. And in a way, when you're studying your exam, you actually do learn things about architecture that you don't know just from like working a day-to-day job because you might not get exposed to everything at your job. So I think it gave me a huge confidence boost to actually be an architect at that time.
0: I absolutely agree. I just finished passing all my exams last month or in July. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I passed PDD. That was my last. Mm -hmm. That was the hardest one that took me the longest. And I'm now getting ready to take my California. So that's all.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So and then I'll be
0: done. But it is. It's so true. There is just this confidence I have now. Mm -hmm. And I even have a coworker who works with me. He was taking his exams. He's in his early to mid 40s. And even though he's been in the industry so long, sometimes when we're at meetings together, now that I have—if I weren't—if I weren't in California, I'd be licensed. But mm-hmm. just this knowledge behind me, I feel mm-hmm. more confident even when I'm in a meeting or with, you know, especially other men and contractors and subcontractors and consultants. You're right; there is that that sense of confidence, which it changes like how you kind of go in your day to day job.
1: Right, definitely. You just learn a lot about being an architect through those exams. So I I encourage people to take it <laughs> mm-hmm. and just take it as a, as a chance to actually learn about things that you might not be able to learn in your day-to-day job and to become a better architect. Yeah. No, it is
0: true. You do learn, even though there's moments I feel like... I thought we were learning things that weren't. I don't know if you ever had to calculate the temperature in a wall at a certain point. Yeah. <laughs> <The PDD. laughs> and I thought, when am I ever going to use this? But there are, you're right, there are so many things I've taken from the exams that have definitely helped. So I want to talk about then your transition from working at Gensler to the tech side and mm-hmm. kind of more in detail what that process is and how it's led you to doing your one-on-one coaching now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so
1: it's a little kind of, I guess, spider web as a journey. <laughs> I feel like your career journey is never like linear is what I always tell people. Um, there's a lot of up and down, but a lot of mix of everything kind of combined together. I started, I guess, backtrack a little bit <laughs> ever since my first job. Back in 2011, I have always been creating content on the side just for the fun of it. Just, just I was really bored at my first job, that I started a blog. I was it used to call it just an intern and just documenting my journey as an intern architect, which is what we used to call an architect that's not licensed. And I just over time have been building my own personal brand. I've been learning about marketing, blogging, content, all that stuff just for the fun of it for myself as I was writing blogs. I, was, I also have other blogs, not in architecture, but it really just for my own creativity because I loved writing. And as I was writing, I was learning about marketing. I was learning about SEO. I was learning about personal branding to a point where one day I... Went into Gensler and I saw all my coworkers, you know, how you sit in a row in an office and all the coworkers next to me, as I walk into work, they all have Daily open in their screen looking for inspiration, right? For buildings. And that was even before we started working, like everyone was just having coffee. They're just like scrolling through Daily. And I just thought to myself, I don't ever do that. Like I don't read blogs about architecture. I don't watch videos about architecture. The only thing I do is I listen to podcasts about marketing and I I read books about marketing. I watch YouTube videos about marketing. Everything in my life outside of work was about marketing. I just loved it so much. And that exact moment, I thought to myself, maybe I can explore doing this as a career for myself. So I joined a community that was, that's called Architecty Community. It's it's a group for people that are architects, they want to switch into tech. So I joined that community and I started talking to different people and I told people like I'm really interested in marketing. I've been learning it on my own. I have grown my own blogs to millions of visitors a year. (laughs) So I started talking to people and I came across this company, this tech startup called Monograph, which is where I was. And I started working with them, just contract like part-time on the side to do their content marketing. After a few months, they had a full-time position open up for me. So I joined them as a full-time employee doing content marketing. And that's how I made that transition. But I would say it's kind of like a mixture of just me working on my own thing while I was working an architect. And I feel like this where I am now being a marketer in The AEC tech startup world is, I call it like the perfect intersection of everything that I do because I love tech. I love technology. That's another side of me that I used to do at Gensler is I used to help project teams with tech, with processes and workflows using technology. So I love tech and processes. I love marketing. And I mean, architectures, I felt like, This is like a good intersection for where I should be right now at this point in my career. So that's how I made the transition. A very long story.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I love hearing about it. Like you realized you had, there's just not, architecture isn't your sole interest. Mm -hmm. And I can really relate to that because that's why on the podcast, I sometimes talk about Vastu Shastra, which is like an ancient Indian kind of science of architecture that incorporates Mm. a lot of like the building is also its own like energy. So Mm. it's a little similar to like feng shui, but it's Mm -hmm. from derives from India and I also realized one day I was at a seminar and it was like, combine all your passions. And I was like, well, I love architecture and I love yoga. How am I ever <laughs> going to put those? Like, I'm just going to design yoga studios. Like, what am I going to do with that? And that's where I found, because there's a great quote I I found once is like, Vastu Shastra is like, the building is doing yoga. It's like balancing mm. the energies of the home. And so I've been able to kind of combine architecture and yoga in a way. So it's amazing to hear that. That you also found you were interested in marketing in tech and you found your niche of here's what i can do with things that interest me so that's really amazing to hear it's
1: interesting you say that i have worked with a client who loves feng shui and mm-hmm. like the energy and the spirituality and who is an architect so her whole brand is about <laughs> like the Like in your home, how to like, you know, design, interior design, but also inject those like energy into it. I've also worked with another client who loves yoga Mm -hmm. and architect and who is also an architect. Um, So it's, it's an, I like to, when I do, like you mentioned, when I do one-on-one coaching for personal branding, I like to find these little things that people like to do and combine it together to create this like I kind of I like to call it the niche of you where it's very specific to you, uh, which is fair it's kind of like who I portray myself online as well. Like what I do is very specific to what I personally like to do. So finding those intersections is I would say the, the most fun part of (laughs) doing the one-on-one coaching for me.
0: No, absolutely. Yeah. So tell us more about your one-on-one coaching and kind of what that process is like. And
1: yeah, so I started coaching during the pandemic, just basically when I, like I have the Women Archives Collective, but during the, like at the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of architects were la- were getting laid off and we were also moving on to this online world and I was just trying to find a way to help and see what I can do to help these people. So the only thing I know how to do is marketing <laughs> other than architecture and just building my own personal brand. So I started coaching architects to build their personal brand. So I have, you know, worked with architects who are starting their own firm or at the beginning of starting their own firm, and they want to really have a clear idea of what they want to do for as a brand for their firm. I've also worked with architects who are just in their career as an employee, but they want to, you know, climb the corporate ladder, they want to get promotions, they want to build a brand and show their thought leadership so that people take them seriously and see them as an expert in whatever they're specialized in. So it's a mix of everything, but I really enjoy the process of coaching architects to really take control of wherever they are in their career being an employee or being a firm owner. is the whole reason why I started is like, I I feel like I used to just work, right? When you're architecture, you just work. <laughs> you just work 24 seven. You kind of just devote yourself to a project and you just work on it forever. And you never really stop to think about what you really want in your life and you never really stop to think about well where should I take my career what should I do like you kind of just go in autopilot and you keep working because you don't have time to stop and rest and reflect and the whole point of personal branding is I think when people think of personal branding they think like oh I have to promote myself I have to get on social media and and create content and market myself, but I kind of use it as a way to reflect on what I actually want in life. So I always tell my clients that instead of seeing personal branding as your self-promotion tool, use it as a self-reflection tool to really figure out like, what are my values? What am I actually doing? What's the kind of life I want to build? And you just kind of frame your personal brand according to that. It's just a very long way of saying that. (laughs) I really think you should take control of your career and stop working on autopilot. (laughs)
0: That's a great, that's like a good slogan too. And I love, I love it. I love it. Yeah. You're you're right. Like you can easily get onto autopilot and coming from Mm -hmm. architecture school, where you have all-nighters and you're just going and going. Like, studio is your main class, and that is your life. (laughs) Like, forget any other class. That Mm -hmm. is your life. That is what you breathe, what you, like, think about all the time, and then you go into the career. It's so true. You can easily go on. I love how you use the word autopilot. It's so Mm -hmm. true. And it seems like, I think, kind of going back to 2020, COVID, it was a great kind of restart for a lot of
1: people. Mm -hmm.
0: So that's a great time for you to really have that time to coach and help people
1: find their brand. Yeah, and this I think you're right like 2020 kind of changed a lot of things. I hope it will continue to change a lot of things in architecture to to just just like really reflect on what we want out of our career and it instead of just working on your project i like to just reinforce the fact that your own career or even your own life should be the most important project that you work on and it shouldn't be whatever building you're working on and i think we always prioritize the building over ourselves but just remember that you you're the most important project that you should work on and if personal branding is the path to get you there is just what I know how to get you there. I mean, there are probably a million other ways to do it. It's just, I use personal branding as a tool to help you stop going on autopilot and really work on yourself and focusing on the most important thing in your life, which is you and branding you as, as a brand, putting it out there. But the most important part is really that self-reflection and figuring out what you want, getting that clarity in your life. No,
0: absolutely. And Mm -hmm. so among this you said not linear journey,
1: kind of a cob
0: journey. (laughs) Tell us about how the Woman's Architect
1: Collective Mm -hmm. fits into your story. So I started Woman Architect Collective after I got my license, I think it was Probably in 2018, I finished my license and I was just like, oh, I have so much time. (laughs) 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 What do I do now? (laughs) (laughs) Then I was like, oh, well, you know, but (laughs) joking aside, I um, started the Women Architects Collective because I, I just wanted to give people a place... I see a need in our industry to have a place for women in architecture to come together because like I worked with a lot of women architects in my career, like just my colleagues, just my coworkers, seeing them, how how they feel and how I felt in the industry, like not being taken seriously, or you go on job sites and people don't think that you're the architect. All these stories that I hear, and I've just felt like, well, what if we have a community that people can share these stories? It also really helped, I think, for the next generation of architects coming in, if they see, oh, there's a big community that are there, they see other women succeeding in the industry, it gives them hope and it gives them a path forward. Be like, this could be the profession for you. There is a community here for you. So, that's there's a lot of reason why we need the community, but, it's so but true. I, it's so I just wanted a place online because I, I I love online communities for, for women in architecture to come together. People can ask questions that they don't feel comfortable asking at work. They can talk to other women in architecture. They can find a mentor if they want to. There are also... Like I know friends that are in the community that find clients or they collaborate to work together or they find a job during the pandemic when they get laid off. It's just a lot of opportunities that you can get from being in the community. So that's kind of, I guess, the story of how I started it. But we also had a conference this year, which was a great great experience and I hope to do that more, more events and programs and conferences like that in the future for the community.
0: No, absolutely. You're right. There is a need. So for listeners who aren't familiar with the architecture world, it is a heavily male dominated industry and not only as a being an architect, but in your meetings when you're with, as I mentioned, contractors, Mm -hmm. subcontractors, you know, plumbers, electricians, Very rarely is there another woman in a meeting and I don't know how many times I have been called the assistant or Mm -hmm. the secretary, (laughs) Um, especially, you know, being young. Right. And I've never worked in a firm with women. I only had an internship once um, Mm. in the summer during university, actually in the Czech Republic where I'm originally from. And I worked, my boss was female and my coworker was female. But ever since then, it's been very male dominated. And so Mm
1: -hmm.
0: it's so refreshing to hear your perspective and the community that you have built because it is so important And, and I don't know about when you were in architecture school, what the ratio was of men and women?
1: I don't remember exactly. I do think we started with quite a lot of women, but we only graduated with a few because people drop off. And yeah, I I don't think we, I think we graduated with a handful of women in my class, (laughs) Um, even though we started with a few, but, I, I think I'm pretty fortunate in the sense that in my career I have worked with a lot of women in architecture and I have great mentors that are because I you know I worked at Gensler which is a huge firm which
0: mm-hmm.
1: you meet a lot of people there are tons of women in architecture at Gensler but I had great mentors who are both male and female but I think a lot of people like I said, they can't find a mentor who are women in architecture because they are in a small firm. They just don't have that, they don't have access to that. So the community is just a way to offer an opportunity for people if they want to find a mentor or they want to ask questions, they can. And having the Women Architects Festival As a conference, I don't know if you attended, but it gave people, I think, a chance to recognize, I would say, some of the leaders in the industry who are women that they can connect with and listen to them telling their story, giving them the lessons that they have learned. It gives them a sense of belonging in the industry, but also just seeing the path that people have gone through i think it really is really helpful to understand like what it takes to be an architect it's, i mean it's a very hard profession
0: as we all know <laughs> it is it is no i'll be curious i know mm-hmm. the best the conference you're talking about i think that's mm-hmm. right around the time i found your profile on instagram mm-hmm and it was either right the day before or the day it started but i will mm-hmm. definitely check it out next time or next year i'm hoping mm-hmm. you, you host it again because i think that would be mm-hmm. such a great
1: great experience yeah we will definitely host another one next year and probably more events going forward so we will love to have you there too yay definitely <laughs> you there Yeah, I think like really trusting yourself and believing in the path that you're going down. I feel like there's not one formula that, like there's not a roadmap or a formula to succeed in architecture or in life in general and really trusting your instinct, which is what I failed to do for a very long time and never really listened to myself. I always listened to my friends and my family. My dad told me to go into architecture, so I did. I always wanted to go into branding, but my friends would tell me it's too competitive there's so many branding experts out there you didn't go to school for it but i always knew in the back of my head that this is the right thing for me to do and i never listened to myself and for years i wish i started years earlier to build my business but it's just listening to yourself and it takes time it takes you to take a step back, like I said, from your work and take control of your career and really reflect on what you want in life and proceeding that way instead of just working like 12 hours a day. I think that is probably the most important lesson I learned in in my journey is that I wish I listened to myself earlier and not listen to everyone around me telling me what I should or should not do. And which is why I, again, coach people on personal branding because it's really a good tool to help you get that clarity and reflect on what you want out of life.
0: No, absolutely. Well, Joanne, thank you so much for coming on from the honeycomb. And where
1: can listeners find you? You can find me everywhere on social media at Joanne Loy. Just my name. I also have a YouTube channel. It's also just my name if you wanna check it out. And just my website, joanneloy.com, everywhere it's just my name. <laughs>
0: I'll provide a link in the show notes for our listeners to find you. Thank you so much thank
1: for coming you. on. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: This was such a great conversation with Joanne, just talking about the stories of how we passed our exams, how we feel more confident. And I love that we have both mixed our other passions with architecture. So, Joanne, thank you again for coming on. And as you said, believe in the path that you are on. That was so beautifully said. And listener, thank you so much for listening. And if you like this podcast, please give it a heart or thumbs up and click the follow button so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes. Follow me on Instagram at fromthehoneycombpodcast. Thank you so much.